When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue this, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. It's all over. So now what comes next? This is EJ Stewart, Tommy Beer. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast and Odyssey WFA and original. We're talking New York Knicks basketball now that the season is over. What happens with the New York Knicks? What happens this offseason? What do they do with some of the players on their roster? We'll break that all down. And I'll ask Tommy whether or not he thinks this 2022-23 season was a success. So all that coming up. Also, some pretty major rumors regarding some Nick players, or excuse me, uh maybe future Nick players already. Not Nick players yet, but players on other teams that uh, the Knicks may be targeting one being Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I'll ask Tommy whether or not Carl Anthony Towns would be a good fit here in New York. And not only Cat is another all-star big that people are talking about linked to the Knicks. Another one, a big man down in Philly, just had a pretty ugly end to their postseason. Now questions surrounding whether or not the Knicks could get involved with the Joel Embiid sweepstakes that may potentially happen given the fallout in Philadelphia, which is currently in effect still. We had a firing of Doc Rivers. So I talked to Tommy about the Embiid Knicks potential connection as well. So all that coming up on Orange and Blue Bloods. But first, Tommy, how are you feeling today? Feeling fine. Feeling fine. Uh, just following up on the, uh, the, uh, the podcast last week. Want to thank you guys for your support um, throughout the regular season. Uh, been fun. Uh, been an exciting ride and now we get to talk about the offseason um obviously there'll be no shortage of topics to discuss and hypothetical trades to bandy about so um should yeah. be fun and uh thanks again for tuning in and uh hope you stick with us through the offseason yes definitely do want to give a major shout out to the listeners especially those who check this out uh on our live stream on uh, wfpn's youtube on uh friday night after the next game six loss as rough as it was i think it was great to get everybody together to talk about their feelings, talk about what's been going down, um, and talk about what the Knicks may be looking into when it comes to this offseason. So the support has been awesome. And thank you guys so much for that. And keep rocking with us because if there's any team that's worth doing an offseason podcast for, it is the New York Knicks. Sometimes it's not necessarily things that happen, but just the chatter around the Knicks during the offseason is enough to continue a podcast. So we're going to be still be here. So thank you guys again for checking us out. And this kind of begins the first episode of Orange and Blue Bloods post the next season. And again, this is a podcast that you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit that auto download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, check us out on YouTube. You can catch us on the WFAN uh, page as well as the Odyssey Sports page. So let's begin talking about what comes next. So reality at this point is set in that Knicks basketball is officially over for this season after the Knicks lost game six to Miami on Friday. Media members were not invited to the team's exit meetings following that loss. So basically whatever you heard in the press conferences that post game is what you got going into the off season. I guess maybe until they talked at the draft, maybe, I mean, they don't even do that very often. So 
Who knows next time you'll hear from Nick Sprass? Who knows next time you'll hear from Tom Thibodeau? But uh, nonetheless, the season is over, and we are now in the offseason for the New York Knicks. Talking about the season that just happened, you saw a 10-win increase from your Knickerbockers this year, uh, finishing 47-35, and 35, a first-round series win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Individually, Knicks saw some great successes from the likes of Jalen Brunson, their free agent signing, who excelled and turned into a star this season, Julius Randle earned his second All-NBA and All-Star selections this year. Emmanuel quickly finished in the second, uh, finished second in six-man-of-the-year voting, so plenty to be proud of when it comes to the next, this next season. When we look at the offseason, uh, there are plenty of guaranteed spots already on the roster, so this is not necessarily a roster in flux per se, um, but this will still be a crucial offseason. You got Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin, who are extension eligible. You got Josh Hart, who can opt out of his deal to become a free agent. The rumors have been that that is almost certainly to happen, that he may then re-up with the Knicks shortly afterwards. Um, and then when you talk about some of the guys that are on the team but perhaps could be uh, shipped elsewhere uh, and have their services sent sent to other places, Derek Rose uh, right now has a $15 million uh, club option that can be declined by the Knicks this offseason and maybe likely to be declined because that – number would get the Knicks under the luxury tax that they're currently in if they decide to decline Derrick Rose's uh, $15.5 million uh, team option. Another player not expected to be back is Evan Fournier. He said after Friday's loss, quote, my season was over a long time ago. It took me a good month to understand that. Obviously, there's going to be some changes and I'm going to get traded. Evan Fournier was very quick to point out that he uh, does not foresee himself returning to the Knicks this season. So long off season ahead, Tommy. Before we get to that, when you look at what the Knicks did this year, can you deem this season a success for the New York Knicks? Yeah, no question, in my opinion. Um, I mean, you just look at reality. First 13 years of this century, um, Knicks didn't win a playoff game. Won one, won one playoff game, I should say, rather. Then we had the 2012-2013 uh, team that that went to the second round and lost to Indiana. Um and then in the seven years since, Knicks won one playoff game uh, two years ago versus Atlanta. Um, you know, so for the Knicks to win six postseason games, um, uh, you know, basically be on the verge of, of, you know, potentially going to the Eastern Conference Finals, of bouncing the ball this way, bouncing the ball that way, um, you know, obviously exceeding expectations by any metric in terms of wins and losses during the regular season. First round sweep of Cleveland, um, their best postseason showing, um, more impressive than the or a gentleman sweep. Not not a. It felt like a sweep in many ways, but right, correct, correct. Yeah. Um, a pounding, a gentleman yes. sweep of the Cavs. Um, you know, their most impressive postseason showing, um, more impressive than the Knicks' victory over the Celtics um, during the mellow 2012-2013. So the yeah. most impressive playoff series the Knicks have played, you know, since Patrick Ewing and, and Alan Houston and Latrell Sprewell um, were part of things. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think uh, without question, and most importantly, they found out they have a cornerstone piece. Um, they found a point guard, which they haven't had forever. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think it, this season qualifies as success. Yeah, I, I would definitely say it's a success. And for that reason, uh, I'm going to say we give the, the Knicks a little bit of a round of applause here. Um, I know there's been a lot of hard feelings given how this season has gone, or at least how the season ended. And I, I think that happens when you have high, intense playoff games. You have a chance to go a certain level, and um, perhaps you, you kind of lose sight of what was accomplished this season. I don't want to lose sight of that. I mean, this was a Knicks team that many people have projected 
to not even win more than 40 games this year. A lot of people saying they'd probably be lucky to be a ninth or a tenth seed in the Eastern Conference, given how strong the East looked coming into this season. A lot of the other, other teams making big moves. The Knicks to come into this year, you sign Brunson, um, you sign Harden, sign. You make some of those moves. You trade for hard during the during the during the midseason trade deadline. Yeah, you can't say enough about how how fun it was to follow this team. How you know it was stressful at times, especially early on. But how fun it became to follow this team, and how much growth you saw from so many of their players. And I think particularly you talk about Brunson, Emmanuel quickly, despite a poor regular season, a poor postseason, had an exceptional regular season. Julius Randle having the best regular season of his career. R.J. Barrett having the best postseason of his career, which I think is important to point out now when we talk about the totality of the season. So a lot of bright spots. I, you can't look at this and say this was a failure. You know, maybe a field to miss opportunity for sure. I think that that's maybe more fair when you think of, you know, you're playing the 8th seed, the Heat, and, and you know, you're one Jalen Press turnover away from getting the Game 7 in New York. Maybe you feel like it's a missed opportunity, but I think that the the the, the stars are aligning in a, in, a, in a good way for the Knicks move forward. I think we're going to talk a lot about these potential – players that may be coming in here in the next few years. Yeah, no question. Um, you, you, like you said, the frustration lies in the fact that the Knicks probably left a little meat on the bone. Um, it was a, a winnable series against Miami, yeah. um, obviously, as the eighth seed. Um, you know, they were, you know, after having – they knocked off for the box. You figured they did a lot of the heavy lifting for you um, and a path to the Eastern Conference Finals had opened up for you and, and possibly beyond um, because um, we saw the Sixers collapse and the Celtics um, advance. And obviously Tatum's awesome. They have a great deep team, but they've certainly looked beatable at times during this postseason. The Hawks yeah. um, sweat a little bit. Um, so for that reason, there's certainly frustration, um, palpable frustration and understandable frustration among the fan base, given the way that the season played out. It wasn't like Jimmy Butler went nuts and averaged 50 yeah. and, 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 you know, you know, you didn't have a chance. Um, it basically, most of the games they lost, three of the four games they lost against Miami, they had a good chance to win. Um, you know, Randall uh, playing poorly, not playing with effort um, on several occasions for quarters and games at a time. You know, leaves you with a sour taste in your mouth. RJ, despite his um, terrific all-around um, impressive postseason, uh, going one for ten in in a game six loss, and you know the Knicks yeah. still being there, down one possession, um, you know, final thirty seconds of the contest, um, leaves you a little bit frustrated. But again, benefit of time, a couple deep breaths, a few walks around the block, and you can you know look at the bigger picture, um, draft capital young, promising players uh, on the roster, locked into team-friendly rookie contracts. Brunson at point guard, a lot of option, a lot of roster flexibility, some cap space they can play with, um, and we'll kind of get into all that. Um, but, yeah, looking at the big picture, and just over the last 12 months, Knicks are in a far better position than they were, um, you know, uh, than they were at this time last year. Absolutely. And let's talk about, you know, this time last year compared to where they come into this season. So this time last year, you're talking about having to unload half the roster, essentially. So many guys just being kind of unplayable for the Knicks moving forward. Kemba Walker, uh, Neuron's done well. Uh, Alec Burst was unplayable, but he was a guy that had to get out of here. Knicks in, in a different spot coming into this offseason. One, you have not nearly as many guys, you know, coming up on free agent deals, things like that. Um, and number two, you have a lot of good players, guys, that I think you want to kind of build around or perhaps turn into – uh, maybe bigger players, bigger stars. So let's start with the Josh Hart situation. Any chance Josh Hart leaves in your eyes, you think that it's almost a lock that he stays with the Knicks. He cannot out of that $12 million he has left on his deal. 
the rumors and the word is that the expectations that he will sign a deal maybe around that ballpark, maybe a little north of that uh, three or four years with the Knicks. Do you expect to see that? Uh, I expect to, but that's a big difference between then. Then the the question, do I, is there any chance that he leaves? Yeah. You know, anytime you're talking about free agency, um, yeah, just, just for the, 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 the details here, uh, Josh Hart uh, has $12.9 million um, uh, coming his way in 23, 24, that's next season. So that's a player option, um, which means he has until next month to opt out of that contract. Um, and at that point he becomes a restricted for uh, a unrestricted free agent. And anytime you talk about unrestricted free agency, um, all bets are off. Do I think yeah. he plans on returning to the Knicks? Yes. Do I think the Knicks plan on re-signing him and bringing him back into the Yes, absolutely. Um, but we've seen a million times in a million different sports and a million different spots where the player and the team were aligned going into free agency. And then the player becomes a free agent and the agent gets a call and the, and Team X is offering $18 million a year or four right. years. They're the final yeah. piece to make a championship run. And yeah, listen, uh, Brunson, I love you. Um, Tibbs, you're a good dude. Leon Rose, uh, you know, uh, I love you. But um, listen, I, I just had twins, you know, the guy's a father and he's, he's yeah. got to do his best for him and his family. Um, do I think he'll give the Knicks an, an opportunity to match any contract he receives? Yes. Uh, do I think the Knicks would match any reasonable contract? Yes. But there is that outlier. There is the possibility um, that the contract exceeds. There was talk um, the end of last month that, um, you know, he'd be looking in the 18 to 20 million dollar range, which seems like a very high number. Um, but giving as well as he played over that second half of the regular season, um, when he was arguably the most impactful, you know, trade addition for any team um, in the sport, um, those numbers didn't seem as crazy. The one silver lining, and we'll talk about this Emmanuel quickly as well. It's something we've discussed on the pod for him struggling in that Miami series when his kind of yeah. liabilities are exposed. Um, maybe one of the reasons another team didn't want to trade a first round pick to Portland was because he was hesitant to shoot the three pointer during the first half of the season with the Blazers um, and didn't shoot at a particularly good clip. Um, came to the Knicks, was Steph Curry for two months, basically didn't miss oh, yeah. a three pointer. And then in the postseason, teams dared him to shoot. Um, and outside of those couple three pointers in the corner um, in game two, uh, really struggled with his outside shot, um, which limited his effectiveness because, um, you know, he's a great at creating, uh, you know, semi-fast break transition, finishing in the lane, et cetera. But when the teams really give you five to ten feet, um, you're not able to kind of take advantage of that runway. Um, you can kind of see why his game is somewhat limited due to his inconsistent three-point shooting. That's multiplied when you play with a kind of shoot-first point guard, a non-traditional point guard um, like Jalen Brunson, who really needs the, the center of the floor open to operate yeah we saw when he was on the floor with heart as opposed to with grimes um the numbers are exponentially different in terms of his effective field goal percentage shot attempts shot attempts in the paint brunson i'm speaking of um so ideally you want to have you know s- shooters and spacers on the floor with brunson um all that said uh heart proved his value um probably best suited to be a six man the question then becomes um and we'll talk about this for the next few weeks and few months what's the right price is it you know again he's he'll make at least 13 million dollars in the offseason so it makes no sense for him not to opt out of the contract um you know should he um again worst case scenario he can re-sign for one year and 13 million and then you know so he doesn't lose anything teams are going to offer him at least 
you know, three, at least three years at, I would say at a minimum of, you know, 12, 13 million a year. So you're looking at 40 million guaranteed as opposed to 13. Question is, did did some other team get involved and force the Knicks to up the ante 15, 60 million dollars annually times three times four? That's when things get tricky, complicated and interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because this is a weird offseason where you don't have a bunch of teams with a ton of cat space. Right. I think going into this offseason, you know, really only the Rockets and Pacers have uh, and the Spurs have considerable cat space. A lot of teams can create cat space through pick, not picking up options and things of that nature. But um, you're not going to have a bunch of teams with, you know, $50 million laying around. So uh, if you have a team that's going to make, you know, one big signing or two big signings, you know, is Josh Hart going to be the guy and our teams are willing to outbid the Knicks to make sure they get Josh Hart? You know, you think that would take probably one of these teams that, are closer to competing for a championship right. to do that. And all those teams seem to be capped out. So I, I would be surprised. If right. Is it, was, it, was gone. That, that's a good point because the teams that have the cap space to kind of outbid the Knicks, they are not one piece away. And Josh Park right. at age 28 is like a one piece away guy. Yeah. I mean, are the Rockets, you know, giving Josh R 20 million or the magic giving, you know, I'm looking at the teams with the highest projected practical cap space, the Spurs, you know, jazz. I mean, these are teams that I just don't, I can't see. Them because I think the number is going to be something between 15 and 16 million dollars that I think he probably caps out at. That's right. the most he would probably get. Do I think he's going to get um, that for any of those teams? That would surprise me. So I, I think that he'll be here. Uh, I think he he knows that this is his best spot for him. Josh Hart in that series against the Miami Heat shot, I believe, 23% from the three point line, which uh, was nothing like how he shot in the regular season for the Knicks. He shot um, uh, almost 50 or more than over 50%. From three, so I do think that that may hurt his value a little bit. You know, this idea that he's a floor spacer really kind of got exposed a little bit against Miami, so that'll bring his price down. I think when it comes to these guys with the extension, Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, that becomes this very interesting conversation because for Emmanuel quickly, again, how much does the playoffs come into effect? I mean, he he was stellar for the entire regular season. Well, how much does that does that poor postseason come into effect? And what does Emmanuel quickly see himself as? Because if you're talking about Emmanuel quickly as a backup guard, to me, like the max value for that kind of player, you've seen it's kind of the contract Derrick Rose is about to get bounced from. You know, the three years of 43 million. He's an older player, but even the deals that Clarkson has gotten, the deal Tyus Jones got, he's the highest paid backup point guard. He's making about 14 million a year. I mean, is Emmanuel quickly you would think he's going to maybe reset the market, but how much further is he going beyond maybe what Tyler, Tyler, Tyus Jones got from, from the Memphis Grizzlies? I think that that would be one of the interesting things to follow. Really good. I think that Tyus Jones comparison is really good. Um, you know, was, who's a player um, that may not have as, as high a ceiling as IQ, but his floor is really high, consistent, always near the top of the league in terms of yeah. uh, the turnover ratio. Um, but the thing that IQ has on his side is youth. Um you know, Jordan Poole signed right. a four-year, $128 million contract, right. you know. Um, you know, IQ could easily say, listen, I'm a better player. I'm a more valuable player than Jordan Poole, and he is, um, especially when you consider what he brings to both sides of the floor. But, again, that's a, that's an a, the outlier. Um, I'm sure the, the Warriors regret that decision. Yeah, I don't think anybody would sign Poole to that <laughs> this time around. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, whereas Hart is like, 
I think we we're, we feel comfortable saying his floor is probably like 13, 14. His ceiling's probably like 16, 17, probably land somewhere in that. Um, I think IQ, you can, you know, you can go in the other direction. You know, I'm sure some GM thinks, listen, you know, undersized two guard, you know, point guard, you know, he did, you know, we saw he's been inconsistent, you know, from time to time. Um, we saw if he doesn't, you know, if his shot isn't falling, he's a tough time contributing offensively. We saw it in the postseason. So maybe he's only worth 10 to 12 million a year. On the other side of the coin, um, you look at the bigger picture, you look at his full body of work, um, particularly the postseason. Uh, when when uh, IQ was the third best player on the Knicks night in night out, um, especially the regular season, yeah, the regular season. I'm sorry, yeah. When you factor in um, his contributions again on both sides of the floor, highest uh, plus minus on the team uh, by significant yeah. margin. Knicks are a better team with Emmanuel quickly on the floor. I think they understand that they need to keep him. Um, I think, but I think he knows that they know that they really want to keep him. Um, so it'll be very interesting. And again, he's only extension eligible which means the Knicks can also kick the can down the road. Um, That's true. The, the fear there is that he becomes a restrictive free agent, and then you get into the DeAndre Ayton scenario, which, listen, IQ is not on near the level in, in terms of impact and, and desirability um, throughout the league that Ayton was, the, the former number one overall pick. Um, and even in that scenario, the Knicks have the right to match any offer, so they still wouldn't lose him. So they're, he's two years away from being an unrestricted free agent. That being said, um, there is a, 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 it certainly could be argued that there, they, it's, it is beneficial for both the player and the team to avoid distractions and have the player locked in and possibly lock them in a discount. My opinion, um, it would make a lot of sense for the Knicks to try to lock them up now, especially if they can get them at a little bit of a discount coming off that poor postseason. Um, but those are the, the things that Leon Rose is going to have to weigh. I think it all comes down to what IQ is willing to settle for. Cause I think the Knicks will go, yeah. um, up to 15 plus a year, but if he's looking, no, I want uh, 80 million over four years. I want 90 million over four years. That's when, when, uh, you know, Rose and company might say, listen, that's a little bit too, too rich for us. Come back another season. We love you. Um, but then we'll, we'll reassess next summer. Yeah. The quickly thing, I think maybe it's just, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just being kind of like a, an alarmist or, or not. Maybe I'm being, you know, too defeatist in terms of how this is going to work out. But this is a part of me that kind of wonders if this thing may be a lot more of a contentious negotiation than I think a lot of folks realize. Because he kind of reminds me a little bit in like the Terry Rozier kind of lane where Rozier was before he signed the deal with Charlotte, where he was kind of stuck as a backup who could clearly start. And when he started, he played really well. And like those guys... They like we we saw with Jalen Brunson, and I mean, like if you have a, a point guard like that, can take you a long way. And if you got a guy who right now is is locked into a backup role, I mean, he he's yeah. never going to be a starter with the Knicks as long as Jalen Brunson's here. If Emmanuel quickly sees himself as a starter in the NBA, you know what is his incentive to sign an extension other than security? Obviously, what is his incentive to sign an extension for backup money? We can say, well, let me just play this season out. And then see what I get on the restricted free agent market. Maybe one of these teams that is desperate for a point guard decide, hey, we're going to just, just like this Charlotte Hornets was, we're going to throw as much money as we can at somebody. Like, I don't know. I think, I don't know if you remember, Terry Rozier actually talked about that offseason. He thought he was going to the Knicks. And and it was Charlotte, like similar to the Josh Hart situation you were kind of alluding to that could happen. Charlotte came out of nowhere and said, hey, here's this big bag of money, dude, to be a starting point guard. He's all right. I guess I'm going to Charlotte. So I, 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 that, there's a scenario quickly that I think will be interesting. We know a lot about how much he values playing in New York, playing at the garden, playing for the Knicks. 
I think it matters to him, but I also th- thinking of quickly, like he's one of the few Nick players that have actually had a lot of profile written about them over the last few years. You know, Nick's have that kind of tough media, uh, you know, policy. He's a very driven guy. I mean, he has, he writes down his goals. He, he has big visions for himself. He's obviously a workout warrior by all accounts. He's a guy who's a gym rat. I, I'm not as certain that he'll be willing to just say, I'll take, you know, solid backup money, even if it does reset the market to be a Nick, if I can maybe become a starter somewhere else. I think that's going to be a, a very interesting thing to follow for the next summer and maybe even two summers. I mean, you, you make a good point there. <laughs> he doesn't have to look very far. The guy right in front of him was a backup for however long. Exactly. And got offered a four-year, fifty-five million, and said, "Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll the dice." And you know, and then Brunt, and then Doncic got hurt, so he, you know, he started twenty-five plus thirty games. Once he got into the starting lineup of the Mavericks, never came out, and tripled yeah. his, you know, doubled his value, went from fifty-five million to a hundred plus million from the Knicks. And now, after starting for a year, could you know, could get max money for, from a team yeah. if you were to hit the free agent market. So um, there's, there's a, you're right. It, it a lot of very interesting will depend on. Um, on, on what he feels, on what his team feels, he, what he values security. Maybe they do a shorter extension. Maybe instead of the four right. years he could sign, he signs for two, locks them up, you know, and then, you know, tacked on to the final three years. So he, he becomes a free agent, you know, after that eight yeah. years of experience. And, you know, then he can sign a bigger contract. Um, or maybe the Knicks are willing to say, listen, we value him. I understand that it's starter money, but the cap's rising. Um, you know, we think, That's you know, it's, you know, he's worth 18, to tw- you know, he's worth $20 million a year. So, yeah. Um, and uh, there could, and there's, a, and there's an argument to be made there you know, in terms of this team and this value. Um, you don't want to run Brunson to the ground. I'm sure Leon Rose is going to talk to Tibbs about reducing his minutes. Um, you know, next season we'll see if Tibbs listens, um, but I'm sure that'll be a focal point. Having a guy like uh, IQ that can start at the point guard, that can come off the bench, that can start at the two guard, um, that can play in three guard rotations is incredibly valuable. And the Knicks say, hey, um, you know, we 90 for four, we're putting it on the table. You know, if you think you're worth yeah. $120 million, that we can't do, but we're, we want to show you we're, we're committed to keeping you here. Um, and maybe the Knicks trade for another big star and they have to lock in that money, um, you know, if you know to, to keep them around. So there's, there's a lot of different ways you can go. Um, you're right, but I think that's kind of the most interesting scenario to play itself out because um, they're different. It's, it, it will see which side incentivizes security versus risk yeah. and, and all that other cool stuff. Yeah. If we're saying that IQ is the third best player in the scene, well, the guy who's the high, third highest paid player, RJ Barrett, yep. he's making, you know, 23 next year, 25, 27, 29 million. I mean, I, I know I don't want to be, I'm not trying to run quickly out of town for sure, but I'm just yeah. being realistic about what may come with this uh, negotiation. And lastly, quickly, just on uh, Fournier and Rose. I mean, there's no chance those guys, I guess, are, are back in your eyes. Uh, Rose, they will not renew. Um, uh, obviously not worth uh, 15 plus million dollars a year. That's a team option. So they will decline that team option. I, yeah. uh, I could see Rose coming back uh, in the Udonis Haslam role if he if he so chooses. Um, obviously him and Tibbs are close. Um, he's developed a relationship um, with the front office and the players and the team. So would he want to come back and, um, you know, just kind of be like a mentor, all that other stuff. Um, Rose is an amazing, his story, if you ever hear him talk and kind of discuss what he's come from, you know, you know, yeah. sleeping in a room with, you know, uh, eight, eight, you know, in a one bedroom apartment with eight brothers and sisters. And, um, you know, a lot of his family's been in jail in and out of the prison system. And um, to, so to see where he comes, he's an inspiring player in person. Um, Fournier, I, I, I am not, 
I understand he wants to get traded. The Knicks want to trade him. The Knicks want to do right by him, et cetera. That doesn't mean that he will be traded this offseason. Um, right. I could see a scenario in which um, they can't move him or then they're unwilling to a- attach draft capital to move him. So they keep him on the roster, whether he shows up and doesn't come to training camp. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, he that might end up being a Jay Crowder situation. That that could definitely be a scenario um, where he's just not with the team but still on the roster, and then they try to package that salary in a deal at the trade deadline and or waive him after the deadline, and he's free to sign with whoever he wants. Um, but just because um, he doesn't have a place on the roster, and, you know, again, from the Knicks standpoint, they have invested this much money. Um, they want to do right by the player, but they also, listen, if R.J. sprains his ankle and, and Grimes right. is hurt, you know, they need somebody, you know, uh, and, he's, and, he, and he's one of the only players in franchise history to make more than 203 pointers in a season. The guy can obviously yeah. still shoot. Um, so there is some value there. Um, you know, it's not like they could, you know, it's not like uh, the NFL where they could wave them and only 3% of his cap, you know, cap it. Um, so they're not just going to wave them and, and eat that salary. Um, so for yeah. that, for, for those reasons, I wouldn't be shocked if I, if I saw him return, I think it's obviously unlikely, but you know, it can happen. Yeah. I, I thought that I didn't really love, I know some people kind of were giving him a pass. I didn't really love these comments, to be honest. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. He doesn't want to be here, but like, I mean, the team just lost and he's talking about himself. Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't need, I didn't need, I thought he should have just said nothing. Maybe talk maybe a, a day later or two days later, or he could have did an interview with somebody. It seemed very calculated that he wanted to get out there that, hey, I'm going to be traded and kind of force the Knicks' hand in a way to maybe say, hey, if it's hard to trade me, you're going to have to get rid of me because I'm already telling the media that I'm not going to be here. I'll give him a pass because he was quiet during the season. Did He could have been. He's a guy making $18 million a year. He obviously sees himself as a starting shooting guard in the NBA. He's one of the best players in Europe. Um, you know, I'm sure he's thinking, listen, let me go. I can start for Real Madrid or, you know, he's, he's, he was excellent yeah. in leading them to gold medals. Like he's, he's an incredibly respected international player. He doesn't want to be sitting behind Miles McBride and guys that he feels he's better than. Um, yeah. No, I don't disagree with the decision to sit him, um, but yeah. he's a prideful player. Um, and so I, 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 I appreciate, I, I think he gets credit for, for being quiet as long as he did. I think he was waiting to say, listen, I'm, I'm, I don't view, they may see me as a bum. I'm not a bum. <laughs> that is fair. I think that is fair. Cause yes, he could have caused problems during the season and he did not. I just thought, I, I thought, well, whether I like it or not, I do think it was calculated. I think his agent said, Hey, get yes. out there. 100%. Tell him you're not going to be back. So yeah, I, yeah. we can kind of get the ball rolling on getting into the next team. Cause I, I thought that that was really kind of, it was kind of jarring to come out of that game. And that was kind of the biggest thing that came out of the game. Evan Fournier says that he's not going to be back. So, um, but the season barely got finished wrapping up and you got 48 talking. And then now we got speculation about stars who be, could be coming to the Knicks this off season. So it started with T wolves forward, Carl Anthony towns. Uh, and that was the biggest thing that gained a lot of buzz this weekend. According to Eric Pincus of bleacher report, several NBA sources over the past couple of years, I expressed that they believe the Knicks will ultimately end up with Carl Anthony towns, a CAA client. He also noted in the bleacher report article, other names that Knicks uh, could be attached to are Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, both of the Wizards, and OG Ananubi of the Toronto Raptors. Now, Towns is set to make $36 million next season before a Supermax deal kicks in beginning in the 2024-2025 season where he'll make $224 million over four seasons. So, Tommy, do you think Cat would be a good fit for the Knicks? Uh, good fit. Yeah, I think in the right scenario, you know, you, you, you know, if, if uh, he's obviously extremely talented, you know, shooter helps space the floor a little bit. 
Um, better defender, I think, than people give him credit for. Uh, his toughness and durability and all those questions are there. Um, if he was a, a free agent and wanted to sign for $15 million a year, I think certainly you know there's, there's a scenario in which it could be beneficial to the Knicks. Um, for a player that's going to make $61.1 million and 27, 28, $57 million the year before, $53 million in 2025. Um, keep in mind, he will make more than Randall and Brunson combined, um, you know, for, for, for two of those three years. He, it's just not a possibility. It's not, it's not feasible. There's no – I saw one trade. I think it was FanDuel or some account had. Okay, who says no? The Knicks and R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin and uh, four first – three first-round draft picks and a swap or something. Like, not, it's a negative value contract. That's, a, that's <laughs> yeah. an average asset. The Wolves would have to attach draft capital uh, to get rid of Carl Anthony Towns. So all that – you know, I understand that, that you know, people want to get out and talk about trades and get our minds off the – loss and how can we improve this team and Carl Anthony Towns a pretty good player a very good player very good yeah. NBA player a good versatile skill set from New York New Jersey area um you know it's been grew up a Knicks fan yeah yeah grew up a Knicks fan was MSG you know was, was an MSG intern for a while yeah. um and uh you know is again you know at Kentucky terrific number one you know number one overall pick all that stuff like a really good player um not what the Knicks need per se um, it doesn't really address too many of their needs there. You know, they, obviously they have Randall and, and, and Robinson um, at center. The, the, the fit between Gobert and Towns obviously wasn't great. So if you have Robinson next to Towns, that's that's not ideal. Um, so there's a lot of other kind of hunky, junky stuff out there. But to me, it's it, the, the, the talk is dead on arrival because I don't see any way Leon Rose is willing to absorb that contract knowing um, you know, again, the salary cap is going to rise. It doesn't look, it's, it's not quite as bad as it seems to the naked eye, but it's pretty bad. Um, and in my opinion, it's a bad allocation of cap space and resources. Um, so for that reason, I don't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't travel down that route. Uh, my sense is if the Knicks wanted to explore the Carl Anthony Towns option, they could, if things go sideways, uh, this season, you know, after next season, if there's, you know, that I think that that kind of th that player will be available due to his contract. I don't think anyone's coming in and, and scooping yeah. him up. Um, so for that reason, I don't I don't see that as as a likely scenario. Yeah. When I see here in the article it says several NBA sources are saying this about Carnegie Towns. I'm wondering if those sources are Tim Connolly. Uh, are they Chris Finch? Are they Alice Rodriguez? <laughs> Alex -Rod, yeah. 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 Those got to be the sources because. I agree. Like that contract is just on, it's just, it's not tradable to me. Like it, it is like the new Russell Westbrook contract. Like he's a better player than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, but the idea that, yeah. yeah. And he's younger, but the idea that anybody's going to take that contract on, it, it's not going to, it's not going to be now. It's going to be later on in the contract, maybe where somebody's just trying to dump a ton of money, but Carthy Towns, good player, but a guy coming off his worst, career year possibly like maybe his worst year at least since he's a rookie um 20 points only eight rebounds only played about uh 29 games this year uh and it's interesting looking at cat's career because he started off as a very durable player played eight, all 82 the first three games of his career now i know he played some years with him so that probably had a lot to do with that but then even the year after 77 games and then it seems like since 2019 He's been dealing with injuries, you know, 35 that year, 50 in the uh, shortened season. That was about 72 games. He misses like 22 there. Then he played a lot of games last year, 74 out of the 82, but then this year only 29. I mean, I don't know how 
that's a a you said a, a a plus asset at this point. Like to me, Cat's a negative asset, and I think you make a good point that he doesn't really change. He doesn't really bring anything the Knicks desperately need, other than shooting. Like he he is a good shooter as a big man, and Dix he just trust five. But like he doesn't. If you're talking about adding him to this team as opposed to getting rid of maybe your pick three of Brunson, RJ, and Randall, I don't really know what he kind of brings to the table that's going to help the Knicks that would help them beat the Heat in that series per se. He's never won a playoff series. I mean, right, he, yeah. he averages fewer points than Randall, averages less rebounds than Randall, averages less three-pointers last season than Randall, plays in fewer games than Randall, is not as durable as Randall, and makes twice as much as Randall. So I don't, you know, there's I, yeah. I, there's that, that appeal just to, doesn't, doesn't, he's a big name. He was a former number one overall right. pick. You know, all that stuff. Listen, that's the beauty of Brunson, I think, and, and the kind of the new the new direction of the franchise is two years ago when you had 17 wins and there was no reason to get right. excited about the Knicks because yeah. they had Kevin There's a level of, desper- a lot of desperation. A hundred percent. There was no, no, no box office quality. There's no reason to be excited. They couldn't, you know, after they, lo- after they lost out on KD and Kyrie and LeBron said no and Kawhi. And, and then, you know, you have to figure something else out that, okay, then you pivot and say, all right, maybe, Towns develops into a superstars. He has the talent. He does that. The toughness. Maybe we can turn it around. Um, the contract's bad, but you know, maybe we get some other cheap. You know, something like that. The Knicks aren't in position now. Um, that's kind of what, what what I've talked about is the Knicks have the ability now to be selective about stars that hit the market. And and Towns isn't even a superstar. He's just an all star yeah. caliber player. So um, for those reasons, I think the the interest and the potential interest. The Knicks' potential interest in Towns has been greatly, uh, it greatly exceeds the actual interest, would be uh, my uh, assessment. Yeah, I agree too. I, I, like I said, I tweeted it. Like, I think to me, like, they, you would have to attach a lot of first round picks for me to think that Carl Towns would be a viable option for the Knicks. It just <laughs> and they don't have to make sense on any level. Yeah, they don't have, yeah, but what picks they gave them all to Utah. So, yeah. I mean, Again, I, I feel like you know there's a lot of reason why Minnesota want to get out there that Coffee Towns fits with a lot of other places. Yep, yep I can yep. understand why they put that out there, but it being the Knicks, I, I don't, I don't see that quickly. Any of those other names, uh, Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, OG. I know you talked a lot about OG. What about Beal and Kuzma? Any of those uh, yeah. names intrigue you a little bit? Uh, Beal's contract's <laughs> just as bad as um, yes, it is as, as Towns. Um, yeah. I like Beal as a player. He does bring something the Knicks desperately need, which is outside shooting. Right. Um, but you give up defensively. Uh, you give up age. You give up salary cap flexibility. You know, by bumping. I assume Grimes would be included in the deal because Beal would be your starting two guard. So I just, I, I, I'm going to shy away. Again, that's kind of a desperation move. The Knicks don't have to make. Um, uh, the contract just scares me too much. Kuzma, no, thank you. Um, you know, just kind of an uh, offensive-minded player, a little bit too. I just, I don't think he'd be a good fit in New York. I could see some issues there. Um, I'm sure yeah. he'd like to find his way to the Knicks, um, but that just seems like a bad mix. Um, what was the other name you mentioned? Oh, an OG was the guy. OG, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an OG guy. I think it's a little bit complicated now with as well as Barrett played. I think the Barrett situation is the issue with Randall is it's kind of it puts a holding pattern on holding pattern on some other stuff. What do you do with Obi? Well, we'll find out once we we deal with Randall. What do we do with RJ? Well, it depends kind of on what we do with Randall. So there's a lot of you know things up in the air there. Yeah, the Rand yeah, Randall. I, I think that's a very good way to put it. I think Randall is in some ways kind of like and that's why I've been so adamant yeah. about getting rid of him for so long, is that right. I just feel like like understanding what the next phase of what Nick Basketball yes. looks like beyond yes. Randall, we just will never know. But it also feels like to keep everybody where they are, like with Pete RJ where he is, as just like 
weird third option as another ball dominant guy and ob has this like backup four playing 10 minutes a night like that doesn't seem like uh tenable like at a certain point somebody's gonna want to get traded somebody's not gonna play well enough to be traded for anything of value like it's it, like that i agree does have to be figured out before they they get to um doing what they're ever gonna do with randall or or or, or um or well randall to determine what they're gonna do with barrett and uh ob but um we'll talk about this last thing here uh because this is something that I don't want to say stunned me, but I was surprised it came out this fast after Philly's exit. So the Sixers eliminated from the playoffs. They got blown out in game seven of these conference semifinals. And they already faced an uncertain offseason that's become even more uncertain. Doc Rivers was fired this uh, Tuesday as we record this podcast. And some have wondered if the Knicks could be in pursuit of the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. So Bill Simmons of the Ringer said on this podcast, quote, the Knicks are just waiting for Embiid to say, time for me to go. They're, they have their relationships. They have Leon and Wes, who are his guys. They've been waiting for this moment, and it's here. And he went on to say that perhaps the Knicks will pull a KD to Suns-like package where they would overpay in order to get uh, Embiid to New York. Meanwhile, Zach Lowe says uh, the team should keep an eye on the Embiid situation, saying Joel loves Philly. Philly loves him. He loves being loved in Philly. And understand what that means. I think it would be hard for him to follow the superstar thing, and I'm forcing my way out of here model. But if James leaves, you're relying on Maxi to take a giant leap, putting some pieces together. I I know that these teams with assets are looking around saying, "Whoa, if I'm the Knicks, all these Carlton Towns rumors are going to start now. Forget that. I have a good team. I have Brunson, who's an awesome point guard. I still got all these chips. Towns ain't the guy I'm playing those chips for. Embiid, that's the guy I'm playing all these chips for. So. Do you think it's possible, or even beyond that, do you think the Knicks will become players for Embiid um, if all of this plays out and he does one out? No question. Absolutely. Mm. I think that the Knicks will – they would be diligent in their – derelict in their duties if they didn't fully explore every opportunity to get a player of Embiid's character, equality. Listen, is he injury-prone? Yes. Uh, you know, is he, can you rely on a playoff? I, I don't know. If he's available, you have all these chips – you have a point guard. Zach Lowe summed it up perfectly. The reason you kept all these chips is to get, I mean, yeah. how much more valuable can a player be than the reigning MVP average 33 points a night? Um, you know, there's just impossible not to be intrigued by it. I've heard a lot of people say the Sixers would never trade and be to the, to the Knicks, um, you know, let alone, you know, they're not going to trade him at all. They're definitely not going to trade him. Division. Listen, guys like Sean Marks didn't want to trade KD. To, to, to Phoenix right. or anywhere else. Right. KD said, yeah. this is what you're going to do, or you're going to lose, you know, like, you know, yeah. or you're going to I'm going to cross hell, right. These are the, that's what happens with these guys. You know, they don't, they don't search the market like, hmm, let me see. I think I like this package a little bit more. No, the player says, you can trade me here or here. I'll consider this option, but that's it. You know, I'm not, you know. It, in many ways, I feel like that's why the whole, like, Ainge and Don Mitchell thing was so weird because Ainge coming in as, like, a new executive, like, like he didn't care if Don Mitchell was gonna create hell for him. Like it didn't yes. really matter. Like he just got there. But these right. guys who have jobs, who are trying to keep their jobs, who are trying to please their owners, like they yes. have a lot more to lose. So it gives the players a lot more leverage. So I think that that's a good point. A hundred percent. So all that being said, do I think Embiid will get traded? No. Um, I don't think it'll happen. Is that something that'll happen next season? Maybe. Um, mm. But I, I think coming off an MVP season for him to demand the trade again, that's the only way it happens. The, the Sixers are by, because you can't get equal value back. 
by trading a superstar. Unless, you know, I shouldn't say that. History tells us that if you wait long enough, but again, is Daryl Morey willing to, you know, trade him for five, you know, restart the whole rebuilding process once again and, and kind of go the Nets route and take a Mikhail Bridges type player and four first rounders? Again, if it was another GM other than Morey, um, you'd think he'd want to be in win now mode. Um, all that stuff will, will I, I, I assume will be addressed. Uh, but again, you know, the same reason we talked about the Knicks being optimistic that the East is, I don't want to say wide open, but, um, you know, who knows what happens with the Bucks? The Celtics are beatable. The Knicks, you know, the Sixers are up in game six of the, of the, of the series. Um, so there's a lot there. I think, uh, I don't think they'll bring back Harden. I think that'll be addition by subtraction. Um, use that, that cap space to, uh, you know, uh, to a player that's better suited, um, that, you know, will show up in a big spot, you know, let give Maxi a bigger role, um, you know, maybe flip Tobias Harris. So there's a lot of things that the Sixers can do, yeah. um, that but before they throw in the towel and say, Oh, you know, this is, we, we are not going to win with him. you know, still in the prime of his career. Um, he's been relatively healthy the last few seasons. Um, so I don't, I don't think they, unless forced, unless, you know, unless and beats it, listen, I'm not playing next season, you know, unless you, uh, you right. trade me, yeah. get something from me. Um, that, that's the only way I see it happening. So we'll, we'll see. Do I think it's again, I don't think it's likely. I think if it, if he does get traded, the Sixers will look anywhere other than the Knicks. It basically, Embiid has to tell them, I'm only playing for New York. Um, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So work out a three team deal or, you know, make a trade up, you know, whatever, make it happen. But that's, that's the reality. So. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if we thought Danny Ainge was someone that was uh, tough dealing with, I think Daryl Morey won't necessarily be all that much easier. So there's that aspect to it as well. And like, Embiid says, I want to be traded. I guarantee, I can almost guarantee you the Knicks will be on that list. I can, I mean, maybe a list of teams, but the Knicks will be on that list. 100%. Yeah. Does he get here? I, that I'm a little more, I'm a little more unsure about. Right. You know, I, I think, I think for one, I think that once, if B goes on the market, I think a lot of teams are offering a lot. Like, I, I think that, like, KB went for a lot less than I think people thought he would go for, given what the Nets asking price was at the time. Now, in hindsight, it looks like Nets got quite a lot. But, like, when, when we were talking about last season, they were like, we want Jalen Brown. They want Jalen Brown and multiple fourth for Trump. Right. Like, that's like, a, that was, like, laughable, you know, uh, by the time he asked for a trade during the trade deadline. So, I think Embiid may get a package closer to what they're talking about with KD than what KD actually ended up getting. So if the Knicks are playing that well, game, yeah, yeah, and he should. I, I I think that he's worth it. I don't think KD was ever worth that. Agreed. So I, I think if if the Knicks are playing in that pool, I think they may allow themselves to be outbid. I don't I don't know if 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 a team's offering like another All Star mm-hmm. caliber player and multiple first round picks. That the Knicks are going to have enough at that point. They have all the picks they have, but what if one of these teams offers, "Hey, we will throw in a Jalen Brown, or we will throw in X, Y, and Z, um, a player who's an All Star caliber guy?" Then the guys the Knicks have, Jalen Brunson is not going to be in a trade. That's Julius it. Julius Randle is Julius Randle is an All Star that nobody wants. So what happens well, at that? Brunson's point? the only untouchable player. Full stop. Right. You put Absolutely. together you put together a package of Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, four first round draft picks. Ooh. I don't know if any. Listen, I'm just saying, like the yeah. Knicks have a lot of stuff to. to they do. To, to they can make make a, a very interesting offer. Let's just say that. No, they definitely can. I think my concern would be the teams that come in who have star players already that they are willing to trade. Like the Knicks have a star player that they're not willing to trade, so that kind of makes it, and that becomes because for Philly, like you said, with Darren Moore, like I don't expect him to say, "Oh, I'm willing to just now." start a rebuild like i think he's gonna want to still be competitive honestly i think even beat asked for a trade i think he may quit like i don't i don't think he'd even sit through any of this 
100 percent you might be right yeah. like seriously he might just say listen you know i'm gonna because he's you know the ownership may force him out too because i don't right. want you you know because the the fear if i'm philly is i don't want the the i don't want to go the utah route i don't want Larry right Martin exactly because i don't yeah. want 37 wins i want 15 wins so i can you know uh, we took the process has been yeah, the know, birth of the the rebirth of the process would <laughs> start if they traded me and i don't know if maury wants any piece of that right. so that 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 becomes an interesting thing um this nb situation is going to be interesting to follow um a lot happening in the nba we got a, a you know a lottery this week we got um suspensions to john moran so this is already going to be a very action-packed offseason plenty of coaching firing including doc rivers um as well so we'll be up on top of all of it that's going to do it for this edition of orange and blue blood the new york knicks podcast and odyssey wfn original tommy let people know where they can find you at tommy beer on twitter you can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, actually EJ on Instagram. This is a podcast on Google that you can find wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on the WFBN channel and the Odyssey Sports channel. Thank you guys so much again for checking us out. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.